0: Hello and welcome to the hundred and fiftieth episode of the Vorthos cast.
1: I'm Jay and Ellie. Uh I'm Professor Oak and welcome to the world of Pokemon. Uh there's uh a whole bunch of these for you to catch, and I don't really care about them, and my grandson's a jerk. Um so I'm Brian um, Dawes. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh
2: I'm Chris Delano and I choose you.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
3: I'm Carrie Thomas, and this is episode 150: The Death of Brask, where We're all gonna <laughs> all gonna dig in
1: on this guy's death. Uh, Sweet, I, I'm Jesus. I'm Lorelei Weislederbruzi, <laughs> and uh, you know there there are only 150 Pokemon. There's no more, so I uh, gotta catch them <laughs> did, all.
0: Did you know? So the reason we did that is because Chris did not know that Mewtwo was Pokemon 100. I don't remember how we got onto that topic. Uh, but could, uh that was happening when you missed the live listen. Uh C- Chris <laughs> we Chris talk about Pokemon. Chris is
1: a fake gamer who thought Mewtwo was Pokemon number one fifty one, which is actually Mew. So um See, when
2: I grew up playing Pokemon, Mew was just a myth, a legend. You couldn't get a Mew.
1: Yes, you could. Those games like are buggy Throat as hell. Wall. It's very easy to get a Mew.
2: Not I could get a missing now. Uh, not when you were my age and you had no idea what you were doing and Missing no was actually like a weird thing that showed up one time and scared you.
0: You had to beg your parents to show up to an event at um, like a Funko land <laughs> and have the cord to plug into your game to get an official Mew. Yeah. None ever came near me, and I was so pissed about it
2: for uh, That was definitely not happening for me because my parents were divorced. Anyways, this week we're talking about new <laughs> and the history of Mirrodin.
0: <laughs> so we've we've promised this episode for a while. Uh last week we got interrupted for Time Spiral. Uh but today we're going to go all into Argentum or Myridin or Nephrexia as it's been known uh throughout the years. So uh let's well before we do that we just want to acknowledge this has been 3 years of the Vorthos cast. Actually our last episode we igno- marked we the 3 year anniversary. It last week. Oh okay. And now
3: and we're at 100 which is quite an
1: accomplishment. nobody made a cake. We don't oh, have a cake.
0: That's disappointing. That's disappointing.
3: It is. Wait, y'all didn't All get right, the so look,
0: le- let's dive in, starting with Mirrodin block. So real quick, Mirrodin is not a super complicated world. Uh, Mirrodin came right on the heels of the Odyssey block. Uh, it was the first plane outside of Dominaria that Magic had seriously explored in a long time. Uh, I mean, even like the set Homelands was technically outside of Dominaria, but when it was developed, it was meant to be in Dominaria. So it's, a, sp- it's a whole thing. We spent some time on Mercadia and... Uh, okay, we did set, spend uh, a set uh, on Mercadia and, 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 and a while uh, on Wrath, which is just gloom. <laughs> but anyway... Jay, Jay, I know uh, how you Mirrodin, feel
2: about Corona, but I do want to let you know that Mirrodin block came after Onslaught block, not Odyssey block.
0: There, were, uh, there was the I, whole story of I, I Corona selective memory <laughs> I blend those in my mind let me tell you what
1: alright uh, so basically uh, they're just I, I just thank you for saying that wrath was nothing but gloom because gloom is one of the 150 original Pokemon
0: <laughs> see we're staying on theme
1: <laughs> uh, so there are five biomes
0: essentially in Mirrodin, uh that were created by the mad golem or it was a cool one, right? Yeah, uh, Memnark. Or technically, he's just a wizard. The mad wizard Memnark, who was an artifact creature. Uh, the Tangle, which was a, this copper forest. The Glimmer Void and the Razor Fields, which is the Leonin environment meant to simulate planes. The Oxided Chain, which was this uh, rusting mountain range. Uh, the Quicksilver Sea, which is literally made of liquid metal. Uh, with chrome spires jutting out of it, and the uh, Vidalkin Lumen, uh, the Vidalkan city of Lumengrid uh, in the center, and the Mephidros, which is just the gross, maybe a little bit Phyrexian at the time, swampy, uh, green haze area, and that was basically it. And as we start our story, there are only four suns. Uh, we'll get into more of that in a moment.
1: There's there, um, there's this... a white one, a blue one, a black one and a red one for the four colors of magic.
0: Woober, yeah. As we all know, Woober is the... Uh, Look here, you... Actually, actually <laughs> Wooper is
2: one of the Pokemon from, uh, I think, Gen 3? No, uh,
0: Wooper was Gen
2: God, 2. God, Chris, um,
1: just stop talking about Pokemon. You're very clearly <laughs> unqualified. Go to trainer school. <laughs> uh,
0: so, just just a quick note. This is the origin of the Vidalkin. This is when was the Coast is trying to get away from Merfolk because they are having trouble establishing merfolk uh, when merfolk couldn't walk on land. Obviously, they solved that later when they gave merfolk you know, legs. Uh, but at the time, it was an insurmountable problem, so they created this new blue uh, characteristic race called Vidalcan. Uh They also generated, they created the term leonin, which has been applied to catfolk ever since. Uh, but leonin at the time um, was a brand new term for that. Before that, they were catfolk or pantherfolk. Things along those cat lines. warriors. Anyway, let's talk about Mirrodin. Uh, so, the novel Moons of Mirrodin covers the plot of the original Mirrodin set. Uh, it begins in a prologue on Argentum when Karn and his apprentice Jessica, you might re- remember me talking about them last week during our time spiral retrospective, uh, dropped off the Mirari. A magical artifact that created all sorts of shenanigans that he transformed into a warden for his all metal plane uh, called Argentum, and he named the uh, the golem or the, the construct Memnarch. However, Memnarch, as he just kinda lazes around the plane, accidentally comes into contact with this mysterious oil that infects him and has this drive to divide and grow. There'll be time for conquering later, but for now divide and grow fast forward to the elf glissa in the tangle uh whose home is attacked by levelers these these awful awful they're described as beetle like but you can you can look they just reprinted one of them in the old border in uh in the time spiral time shifted sheet uh the card for leveler so check it out
1: they're, just, they're uh, literally really? just big murder machines designed to basically lawnmower civilization down. <laughs> um, that's the best yeah. way to describe them.
0: So someone sends these levelers to attack Glissa's home. Uh, before they attack, she's kidnapped by the trolls of Tel Jalad, which is this uh, this big tree in the center of the Tangle where, in, in the, the elvish village, elven village of uh, Viridia. And from them, she steals the sword of Kaldra, although we don't know what it is at the time. It's just this really cool uh, sword she steals from this troll who looks really weird because he doesn't have any metallic growths on him. So uh, we've learned, you know, basically, this is sometime after Memnarch was infected. Uh, There are now people on Mirrodin, and we don't know why yet. Uh, She goes back to try and save her family and uh, finds, like, pieces of her mother in, in her house. It's, it's ugly. It's real ugly. Uh, and, f- you know, has this kind of uh, suicidal charge on these levelers. And ends up getting caught in one of the, like, um, threshers of it. And it get, gets knocked unconscious and dragged back to its lair. Where she meets the goblin Slowbad. Who has used the lair as his hideout because... No one would dare go into the leveler lair, so what a better place to hide than in there. Uh, Slobad, uh, they become friends fairly quickly, uh, and Glissa becomes obsessed with figuring out who tried to kill her and killed her family in the process. Uh, however, she her wound from the leveler is infected, and so she needs help, and Slowbad decides to take her uh, a little bit reluctantly to the Leonin, who have the best healers on the plane and are much closer uh, to her from the, uh, the, the Loveler Den than th- her home would be. So when they get to Tajnar, which is the Leonin Den, their big fortress in the middle of the Glimmer Void, uh, it's surrounded by Nim, these zombies from the Mephedras, uh, And they eventually sneak inside and meet Raksha Golden Cub, who is the Ka of the uh leonin tribe here so he's essentially the king he's the he's the alpha of the leonin um and they they also kind of become friends so it's it's this let me just stop here and just say this is very much a point a to point b to point c it's 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 a very kind of formula formulaic story we go here we make a friend we go here we make an enemy we go here the story's over Uh, So after she recovers with the Leonin, uh, the Leonin are attacked by these uh, weird flying constructs called Aerofin. And um, basically there's a whole like prophecy where uh, it's, it's foreseen by one of the clerics among the Leonin that uh, Glissa is going to cause all of these problems and potentially destroy the plane. Um, But they get a clue that, uh, the Geth, the leader of the Nim and the Moriach humans in the Mephidros, might have something to do with this and might know more. So they get a ride with some of the uh, Terrans, the, um, these dinosaur flyers that the Leonin uses mounts, uh, and head to the Mephidros. Inside the Mephidros, while hiding from a zombie horde that's passing them by, they stumble across a uh, deconstructed golem that Slowbed, slow bed slow slow bad spends his time fixing up uh and eventually once they get like the mephidros out of it the, all the, the swampy liquid uh it introduces itself as bosch an ancient golem uh, native to the plane um with bosch they uh and the help of a cowardly moriak named yurt they get an audience with geth where they learn that uh if a Dulcan has been going around bribing people around, across the plane with serum to help him uh, kill Glissa for reasons unknown. Um, so with that answer, uh, they decide to head to Lumengrid. So they head towards the Quicksilver Sea, where they enter a Nurok or a Blue Aligned Human Village and meet the wizard Bruenna, who they also become friends. This is the core group here. Bosh, Slobad, Glissa and Bruenna. And then Raksha, who's their friend, but also a king. That's that's the team. Uh, Bruena is nursing a hatred of the Vidalkin since uh, they killed her father, executed him for the audacity of trying to get inside the knowledge pool, which is this big pool of serum that they use to have these visions about the fundamental nature of the universe. So uh, they use a submarine she's been building to sneak into Lumen Grid, uh, inside though, they meet Pontifex, uh, and learn that Pontifex has had a lot to do with trying to kill Glissa for unknown reasons, but also that the Vidalkin were supposed to be capturing her alive. Um, and so we don't know exactly what Pontifex is up to yet. However, they do learn that through the knowledge pool is something called a lacuna, which is a tunnel, uh, all the way to the center of the plane. So they journey through the center of the plane to the center of the plane, and that's the end of the first novel.
1: Um, Isn't it great how they spend an entire novel and learn almost nothing? It's
0: it's, really bad. it's it's certainly so this novel and the following novel really could have been one novel because as we get into Dark Steel and the novel Dark Steel Eye, they basically just retrace their steps and we don't really meet any new characters outside of maybe one. Uh, we do learn a little bit more about what's going on in the plane, but let, let's just get into it. So, in the Darksteel Eye, they end up encountering uh, the forces of Memnarch, uh, led by a copy of Memnarch called Malil. Memnarch, at this point, is part flesh, and he has gone, like, completely mad. The oil has completely messed him up. And there's something in the core called Mycosynth, which has created these. Um, Chrome towers all kind of tendriling up, reaching towards the mana core in the center of the plane that Karn put there to keep the plane stable.
1: Like some kind of uh, lattice a, of mycosynth. Yeah, like a mycosynth lattice. Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, they're chased out by Malil um, and captured when, they're tra- when they re enter Lumen Grid by um, Pontifex and the Vidalkin forces. Uh, we learn that Bosch has started to develop a little bit of flesh. Because of his exposure to the spore emitted in the core um, that is turned that turns flesh to I'm sorry metal to flesh, uh, like I mentioned before, it was affecting Memnarch as well, and now we start to see it affect Bosch. Uh, it's funny though; Bosch has a really great like Katamari moment where he just kind of Voltron forms into like a little ball and just steamrolls <laughs> over some guys, um, but he can't do that anymore because he's starting to be made of flesh, and that can now kill him. They end up escaping with the help of Bruenna and some uh, wizards that are revolting uh, to escape back to the Tangle where they meet with the trolls again and have a new mission to reassemble the culture artifact uh, or the culture champion to help them defeat Memnark because Memnark is too powerful. Just the five of them aren't going to be able to take him on. Uh, they're once again attacked by Aerofins. This This becomes a recurring thing. Uh glissa's um uh, romantic interest uh, an elf named kane ends up getting killed in this attack um basically anyone who can corroborate her story gets killed in this attack and she has to flee deeper into the tangle where she meets a talking wolf um the wolf the wolf joins them i cannot remember the wolf's
1: name it off. doesn't matter it doesn't really
0: matter because he gets uh, killed later Gore. on and we never see these wolves again um they escape and reunite with the Leonin who hint that, uh, another piece of the culture artifact can be with geth. Uh, at this point from the trolls, I believe they also got either the shield or the helm. I can't quite remember which, but whatever it is, the last piece of the artifact is probably in Geth's vault. Uh, so they head to the vault, um, where they learn geth had killed Yurt, uh, and had geth had his vampire feed on Yurt, which, uh, was not happy about, because she kind of liked Yurt. Um, <clears throat> but they get the artifact, they return to the core, uh, complete with this, re- this huge, indestructible Kaldja champion. Definitely going to beat Memnark this time, right? Well, if you've ever looked at Memnark's card, <sighs> Memnark gains control of the Kaldja artifact and turns it on them. Uh, Bosch is destroyed, buying time for the rest of them to escape. And as they're escaping, the fifth sun, the green sun, ejects from the mana core. So let me explain a little bit here. Uh, the mana core was once stable just in the core, and the only light was provided by these uh, little magical creatures up in the sky that look like stars called blink moss. Uh Over time, uh, the, these suns as we know them now ejected from the mana core because it was destabilized, because Karn wasn't there to manage it. Um... And the green sun was impending. And Memnarch, the reason we learn that he brought all of these living creatures to the plane is because he wanted to become a planeswalker like Karn. And knowing Karn became a planeswalker by fusing with a real planeswalker in this massive explosion of mana, he figures he can recreate that. So that's why he sends people out to capture Glissa, uh, so that he can be there with her as this fifth dawn approaches, as his fifth sun erupts, and in the power of that fifth sun, um, he will fuse with uh, with Glissa's spark and become a planeswalker himself. Or so he believes. So that's the whole plot that's going on there. Instead, Glissa escapes, and this fifth sun ends up destroying the cauldra artifact that was chasing her.
1: Uh, and yeah, love, that's kind of. The... I, I, I love that for. Uh... The green sun, because Kaldra indestructible. So, uh... Yep. Love, love, exiled. Love, yeah, love uh,
0: Kaldra is exiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the Tangle, uh, with this new sun over the Tangle, which I should note, the, the Tangle was all dark before this, and the elves referred to all the suns as moons, uh, mm-hmm. because they never really dawned over... They could only see them in the distance on the horizon, so they looked a lot like moons never provided real sunlight
1: astrologically their
0: moons anyway glissa gets captured (laughs) fair enough
1: Uh,
0: they end up getting uh, slow bad and glissa are captured by the elves remember i mentioned earlier anyone who could corroborate uh, glissa's story has been killed at this point they're put on trial and glissa's sister it turns out she's alive and based on the circumstantial evidence available to her she assumes glissa murdered her family uh, so I mean, she's trying to have...
1: She mentioned we are, now, we are now in fifth dawn.
0: Oh, yeah. I probably <laughs>
1: should. So, yeah. In, in, those, in case those that two. wasn't obvious from the fifth sun <laughs> dawning into the sky.
0: <laughs> so um, they go on trial. But again, the Vidalcan attack again <laughs> with the arrow fins. There's a lot going more going on there. Basically, uh, Pontifex wants to uh, kill Glissa... Because he feels that Glissa has supplanted him and the Vidalcan in Memnarch's eyes. The Vidalcan view Memnarch as like their god. And so he's upset and he thinks with Glissa gone, uh, Memnarch will return to, you know, the, the Vidalcan, his, his true people and him in particular as the leader of the Vidalcan. Uh, there's a whole coup here where Pontifex is killed and a more democratic, um, vidalkin is put are put in place uh, but even then they still worship memnark and they still want to capture her through all of this and malil the the Memnarch copy is still chasing her off the route uh <clears throat> when they're attacked by the vidalkin glissa and uh slow get free bruena comes and help, helps them escape uh along with Laïs. uh slow joins glissa in trying to lead off all the Aerofin while Bruenna and Laís escape, uh, they, Slowbad and Glissa, end up going into the core. And Glissa's just pissed, and she wants to take the fight to Memnark. She started to master this green magic uh, that she has access to for destroying artifacts, just like her card. Uh, and she's been getting, like, glimpses of it, where she's been able to destroy, like, large groups of artifacts. Uh, but she's finally started to master it, and so she wants to just go take the fight to Memnark and end things right now. Uh, Well, it turns out uh, so much of the things have been turned to flesh in the interior that her artifact-destroying magic no longer works on it. And uh, Slowbad gets captured on this failed assault. Uh, Glissa just barely escapes with her life, um, and they realize they need allies. So Glissa meets up with Bruena and Laís, uh, meeting again with Raksha and the Leonin, uh, and they meet Another guy, I forget his name. It doesn't matter. He's He ends up becoming the Ka a little bit later. Uh, they go on a mission to ally themselves with the goblins and find out that the Krark clan, which is what Slowbad belonged to and his adoptive father belonged to, have taken over. Before this, they were kind of like an outcast cult, but something changed and they've now taken over. And they meet a Volshock, who calls himself Vectro. Um, but Vectro doesn't seem too friendly for meeting Glissa and her sister who are supposed to be allies um as they're traveling to meet the goblins they get a message from Yurt who turns out to be alive and is now a vampire after being uh drained but not killed by Geth's vampire and they get that message delivered by Geth's head (laughs) so uh glissa runs off uh to go rescue Bruena, who has been captured by yurt and it turns out it's a trap and glissa gets caught in like this time trap for like five years basically she gets put in stasis until Bruena comes and rescues her five years later uh this in this five years later timeline everything sucks uh the mirror because it
1: didn't suck uh, before. everybody
0: <laughs> uh the the Mirans have taken up refuge in a place called krarkholm basically the the furnace uh the, the 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 steel mother the the goblin hideout has become the hideout for everybody as memnark's forces have kind of taken over the surface um <clears throat> taj tajnar at some point in the past was blown up and Raksha was blamed for it and Lais has married this new kagai guy um memnark it turns out was built is in hibernation while he uh cleanses himself of the spore and the flesh so he's turning himself back into metal um yurt ends up attacking krark and with a spell given to her by bruena glissa teleports directly into yurt so she's given a spell where if she says the name of something three times she will teleport to it so she says yurt's name three times teleports into him and he explodes as with the force of like her teleporting directly into It's a pretty metal way to to go.
1: it's mirrored. I'm not just saying that because it's mirrored. Uh,
0: (laughs) The twist is, as um, Glissa goes to confront Memnarch once more, she meets Raksha in the Tangle, where he's been exiled to. And he reveals that Laís is Vectro. Vectro wasn't the Volshock. Vectro was this being capable of taking over other people's bodies and he's been pretending to be Laís for the last five years while he carries out Memnarch's plans for him. Yeah, So, I, she and rocksha
1: I, I, okay. I, don't, I don't want to interrupt, like, the, the flow here, but this novel's a, a goddamn mess.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. It's... I mean, this one is where anything happens, but, yeah, it, it, it jumps well,
1: Yeah, and I'm leaving ev- out a lot of, like,
0: details, but... As someone who liked the Onslaught block novels, this novel, like, this entire block was something that I hated. Immensely. So while raksha and Glissa go on this commando mission to infiltrate the rebuilt Panopticon, because when the Green Sun exploded the Panopticon got like melted. Uh and so there's this. It's rebuilt also version indestructible.
1: Of it.
0: Well, it was partially destroyed. Uh <laughs> it got exiled, okay, Lorelai? Got exiled. <laughs> uh meanwhile the leveler war goes on uh above ground and everyone in Krarkholm is getting attacked by, like, the full might of the Vidalkin and Memnarch's forces. Uh, everything's super bleak. Laisa en- ends up taking, like, a fatal wound, which causes Vectro to finally leave her, uh, and it's revealed that Vectro had planted a bomb in Karkholm and had been uh, manipulating the goblins from the start, or he was going to blow oh up gosh. basically half the mountain range. So they end up getting rid of the bomb. Uh, back on the attack on the core, they find Slowbad has had his arms and legs cut off and attached to a machine where he has been building a giant plane-wide device called the Ascension Web for Memnarch, which is Memnarch's backup plan for taking the Planeswalker Spark, uh, using the power of the Mana Core to transfer, transfer basically all the souls he had brought to Mirrodin. The way he had captured everyone to bring there was with the use of something called a Soul Trap, which teleported all of these people to Mirrodin and then trapped their souls there it's implied it's not outright stated but trapped their souls there in like this perpetual reincarnation cycle using these devices called soul traps so their souls couldn't return to the ether and be reborn on their home plane um so glissa ends up battling with uh with memnark and throws both of them into the core before he can activate the device uh the problem is the ascension web was going to go off anyway it absorbs Glissa's spark, but with Memnark dead, uh, it has nowhere to go except into the goblin hooked up to the machine that created it. So Slobad suddenly uh, absorbs Glissa's spark along with the souls of basically everyone on the plane as all the soul traps are destroyed as part of this uh, machine. Uh, so he becomes a planeswalker, and Karn finally arrives on the plane and explains how Memnarch was essentially so had so deluded that he magically kept karn off the plane and karn has this discussion with slow where like you know you're you're in this transient state right now but soon you know this power is going to be permanently yours would you like me to mentor you and take you across the multiverse and slow like well what about my friends uh all my friends who are fighting and my friend who died um and he's like oh well I mean, you might be able to return them, but you'd have to give up this godlike power. And Slobad's like, you know what? Let's do that. (laughs) I don't need to go across the multiverse. I just want my friends. And honestly, that's why Slowbad's one of my favorite characters in Magic. Uh, So Karn's like, okay, let's do this. With all the soul traps destroyed, the original generation, those souls who'd been trapped in a reincarnation cycle, uh, are finally able to leave. In an event called the Vanishing. But everyone else, everyone who was born on Mirrodin, all the excess population, stays. Uh, and they just remember the Elder Generations disappearing.
1: Uh, Glissa, everything, slow back. everything works out great for our heroes, right? They live heavily ever oh, after. Oh yeah, the,
0: the, the end. Well, for some of them, those who left the plane, it worked out okay. Uh, we see a reincarnated Bruena, Laís, and Raksha uh, meet for the first time on their home plane in the epilogue. Uh, we also see Geth's head, Glissa, and Slowbad uh, leaving together. Uh, and they kind of put Geth's head on a little Memnite, a little a little Memnarch-looking construct to carry him around because they're tired of carrying him. Uh, and that's where we leave it until, you know, I think it's about 160 years later. There,
1: There is timey-wimey stuff. Um, oh,
0: the timeline in Mirrodin is such a mess. Oh my god. And there's Griffith.
3: timey-wimey stuff that got... Um, Fixed at some point or another, but only fixed via the product text from From the Vault lore. Uh, there is a Mind's Desire little blurb explaining how exactly Memnark used his powers to, uh I believe it was like warp time on and so that everything seemed longer, and it was just their way of sloppily saying like, Hey, more things happened during this time than we gave a window for, so I guess he kind of messed things up.
2: Yeah, it was so, a, it was the same magic that they did on Dominaria, um, which made Dominaria last longer than Ixalan did. <laughs>
0: so the uh, yeah, in the book, there are like time spans they're talking of of like a thousand years and more. But like, as we know it now, it could only have been like uh, 200, 200 yeah. years. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yes, basically Memnarch creates a, a, a time distortion where things move faster we've seen that happen before it's fine i think the real issue is uh mirrodin was intended to take place farther out and then an offhand line in the future site uh in the future site novel or in the planar chaos novel uh said that there'd been no war on mirrodin in like a in a century uh, (laughs) which could not have possibly happened because that took that novel took place 300 years after karn became a planeswalker and like a thousand years couldn't have happened in 200 years like it couldn't
1: it can with the Um, magic of magic uh
0: and then i should also mention scars of mirrodin also had issues because originally it was supposed to start out as a new phyrexia plane and then you were going to learn about how that happened and then it was really mirrodin they ended up switching that up and they didn't have a firm timeline for how things far how far things were from the mending at that point point. And so you have characters like Venser who have not aged a day in what would have to be 50 something years. Uh, even though he is not explicitly immortal like some of the other Dominar characters. It's a whole thing. Let's not get into that. Um, and speaking of, <laughs> don't read the novel for Scars of Mirrodin whatsoever. I just, there's web fiction. That's good. There's some side story web fiction stuff. That's about like, uh, the battle between the Mirans, as the uh, the battle between the Mirans and phyrexians as they emerge to the surface we'll get into that in a second
1: yeah uh
3: the
0: so scar scars of Mirrodin is about the rise of a new phyrexia that oil i mentioned that memnark got infected with that's the glistening oil and it has created a new breed of Frexians in mirrodin's core and so Scars of Mirrodin is about those Phyrexians finally emerging out onto the surface and taking control yeah,
1: um, of the j- Just real quick, we do get a small retcon to the way things ended in 5th Dawn, um, where uh, we we learn the fates of some of these characters. Uh, Slobad returns to his people and is immediately murdered. Uh, and Glissa is in the core for again for some reason. Uh, being, being taken care of by little Frexian machines.
0: There's, like, a horde of goblins that, like, it said, I went back and double-checked, it says Slowbad Falls, and then that version of events also has been since scrubbed from the web. If you go back, like, you can't (laughs) find it in any of the official stuff. You have to do, like, a Wayback Machine to find a version of an article that actually says that. But, yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, I just, I just want to say, on behalf of, uh, Friend of the podcast, I will say. Uh, spice Eight Rack. Uh, justice for Slow Bad. This is just like a terrible ending for the only good character in the entire, like, Mirrodin novels.
3: Yep. I won't, I, I, I won't derail us, but, like, Jay, that is like a bio page. I think it was the bio page for Mirrodin that existed on the old mothership site. Right, right. And, and, and they it's updated no longer it up. That's right. prior to Scars of Mirrodin to say Slow Bad was dead. And then scrubbed it because... Scars of Mirrodim was coming out, so they obviously had to put new content there.
0: They <laughs> they ended up scrubbing it uh, with the newer, like the the modern story site erased that bio. Because before it was just like, each plane had like three paragraphs, not the complicated plane page they have now. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, it was like five years ago that it happened. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. There are two pretty excellent web comics you can read about scars gathering forces and scarred do not read the quest for karn do not take that as a challenge i'm i'm really here to tell you we're going to tell you the only fun part and everything you need to know about quest for karn today just don't don't read it please it's just so such a slog it is probably one of the worst magic novels uh in terms of just it's so boring
1: <laughs> um uh, so we pick up with gathering forces after Shards of Alara with Elspeth, uh, good good buddy Elspeth, who uh, at this point we do know was born in a Frexian uh, world, and she's fighting in the pits on Dominaria. Very sad, because Alara didn't turn out to be this perfect utopia she thought it was. And uh, she ends up fighting this other uh, character who reveals himself to be Koth, who is a planeswalker. And Elspeth gets really cranky at him, because he has the Frexian thigh symbol carved into his arm, and Koth is, and she's like, you're a Frexian," and Koth is like, hell no, I'm not. I marked this on my arm so I remember who I'm fighting against. And, uh, turns out, they both hate Frexians. Koth, Koth is from Myrdan. um, he is a bullshock. shock, and is, uh, has been fighting these weird creatures that have started appearing, and, uh, they, they are here, uh, literally gathering forces to, to find allies, uh, for this war, and they consult, the uh the acolytes acolytes of their, Yeah, the acolytes of with grace uh at uh it's it's at the uh memorial right
0: the martyr's tomb
1: yeah, yeah. well yeah the Heroes memorial becomes the martyrs tomb it's a whole thing with the brexian invasion anyway uh so they get led to uh this to Erborg to find this uh twerpy little artificer named Venser, who we talked a hell of a lot about last week. He has mostly stayed on Dominaria and is doing his normal thing, except he's researching, like, the old Frexian technology that is left over from the Frexian invasion. And, uh, Koth is very mad at this, about this, and, uh, locks Spencer's head in rocks and says, Planeswalk with me to Mirrodin or you're going to suffocate. Uh, and so he does as they say, and they get to Mirrodin, and it turns out, Oh no, things are bad. And Fencer's like, hey wait, maybe these Frexians that I've like never really encountered like real in this time Frexians, uh maybe maybe I should help fight these. And uh the uh the other comic Scarred is mostly
0: The Scarred is basically just chapters of So part of Gathering Forces and part of Scarred are also chapters in the quest for Karn, yeah. which is again why I say don't read quest for Karn. The only thing that's different really is um there is a one webcomic with Tezzeret where it shows Nicol Bolas sending him to um, New Phyrexia. He goes through the Blue Lacuna. He's he's um, inoculated against the Phyrexian contagion and uh, goes down through the Blue Lacuna and encounters Jyn Gitaxias, And that's really it for, for his
1: story. Yeah, uh, there are the Bolas imps, which I think are adorable. <laughs> It's um, also
0: notable for completely retconning *Test of Metal* like six months after that novel. You
1: don't up. worry about it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, *Scard* Sk- is like mostly just introspective on some of the characters. Uh, you know, uh, Elspeth talks with uh, I believe it's a Volshock about growing yeah. up mm-hmm. on um, a Frexian-controlled plane and her trauma, and it, every everyone's sad and angry and fighting Frexians, and uh, that's that's kind of where that comic leads off. Comic leaves S- off.
0: So hurt. just just to give you the the overview, uh, they come to Mirrodin, Venser wonders where Karn is. His there's good some continuity friend Karn,
1: errors that he met
0: yeah. There's some continuity errors because it acts like uh, that Venser had a been to Mirrodin before, or b talked to Karn for more than like three hours one day, <laughs> in one day during future sites. So that's a whole other thing that we just we won't get into any more than that. Uh, Venser also has like this. He tried to teleport with basically Yawgmoth's ashes. It's not really well explained. Uh, And he got this kind of magical cancer from it, um, which he is slowly dying of. And he's taking this weird drug uh, to to stave off the effects, basically. But the drug is getting less and less effective as the story goes on. Uh, As you'll see through like Scarred, uh, they start off in the mountains and quickly find that the um the, the phyrexians are already there they decide to head towards uh geth's house Ishsa in the center of the Mephidros because that's where supposedly the Frexians are coming from so they think it's a small infection at this point when they get there they see the entire like steel thanes which we'll get into in a second army erupting from this place and they're like oh this is way more than we can handle Uh, Koth and Venser end up getting captured, Elspeth catches up and rescues them, and they venture into the plane. Uh, They meet Azuri, who's leading this band of renegades in the plane. Azuri's just kind of a jerk, like, he is, he's in this for the glory. He likes the Phyrexian invasion because it's brought him power. Um, There's also lots of mentions of uh, Meat Hole, which we're not going to get into beyond saying that that is a thing that happens. A whole lot of meat holes happen in this story (laughs) uh (laughs) tezzeret is playing uh playing against i should also note in the novel uh none of the praetors are even mentioned or appear uh the only people who appear are geth and glissa um who are trying to uh gain karn's favor essentially who is karn is kind of crazy in the middle of the plane he's corrupted Uh, he's been affected by the yeah he's been corrupted by the glistening oil um Tezzeret gives the trio the uh, a, a young girl named Malira, who has an ability who is immune to not just the glistening oil, but also like the metallic growths that all growths that all Mirans have. Um and as they're rescuing Malira and trying to bring her to a safe place, uh she has this teleport accident with Blink Moths and Vencer. And she gets the ability to confer this immunity to other, others. So they get to the furnace layer where a bunch of mirrors are hiding out. Malira starts to cure lots of people. She gives her immunity to a lot of people and gives it to the three planeswalkers we've been following. Azuri continues to be a dick. And he ends up, they get attacked by uh, another group of Phyrexians. And Azuri leaves without getting inoculated, which will become important in a minute. Uh, and they end up going on a search for Karn into the center. Cause he's clearly the only person who can fix this at this point. Uh, I'm going to save you the mind numbing journey through the plane, uh, and just end with, they end up having a running battle with Glissa and her overwhelming forces while Tezzeret is seeming like he's working for Glissa, but then he like leaves doors unlocked for them on purpose and stuff. He's, he's playing both sides basically. Um, they find Karn, and he is too far gone for uh, Malira to be able to help. Um, so Venser, who's dying of his space cancer, uh, ends up teleporting <laughs> his literal heart into, uh, into Karn. Uh, it, that has later been retcon to just be transferring his immunity, which kills him, maybe giving his spark. We don't really know. It's been told a bunch of different ways. I, I want to uh, read the
1: bullet. In our agenda, because it's worded like a terrible internet meme. Find Karn. <laughs> He's a Frexian. Venser gives Karn his immune spark. Organ donor? Who know?
0: <laughs> it's my shorthand, everybody. <laughs> I, I, I just, after my super detailed notes for last week, I'm like, this time I'm just going to write like the, the short ideas. Um, Karn is cured, and they escape from the immediate danger, and that's the end of the novel we're all worse off for having to, had to experience this novel um there's all there's like i said there's some side fiction about the war and there's a later update from uh called the lost confession that was basically a letter from elspeth writing about how she and koth Ka, uh, how karn had left at some point that like a the months later and um she and Koth had tried to blow up a gathering of praetors as they were solidifying power on the plane, and they failed, and um, Elspeth had to planeswalk away. And so those so, are the stories we have. Jay, to,
2: to speak to the quality of this novel, when was the next time Magic released an actual physical paper novel for Magic the Gathering?
0: Oh, it was a long time, Chris. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what would you think... say
2: the next one was after Quest for Karn?
0: Don't make me say it. You know what it was. You know what it was.
3: You know, you
1: know how people say it. It was Curse of the Chainmail. But yeah, Curse of the Chainmail.
0: Not. Uh, I believe it was War of the Spark, it, it,
2: Ravnica, Chris, it, it was. They. Uh, this book was so bad that the next book they released <laughs> was somehow even worse. Um,
1: I I want to say is. this book was bad, but it is not the thing that killed the novels. They did commission Curse of the Chain Veil, and Curse of the Chain Veil was so bad they wouldn't publish it. Which is
3: <laughs> oh. maybe they should have been that yeah, and forsaken.
2: So, anyways, be clear, like
3: Curse of the Chain Veil was story three of four. Test of Metal came after Curse of the Chain Veil. Curse of the Chain Veil wasn't like the canceled last novel. It was like we canceled the third novel, and then obviously we're just going to let this fourth one out so that we get paid for writing the novel, and then we're going to stop the novel line. So.
0: It's, we've had we had a whole thing about that a while back. Uh, that's in a previous podcast, one of the previous 149. You can find it, I'm sure. Um, but let's talk about the new Phyrexian factions while we still have some time. And I have been talking a lot. Do one of you want to take the lead on this? Hearing nobody.
1: Like if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it.
0: Bunch, you go for it, and I'll, I'll chime in. I just don't want to dominate the whole episode.
1: Yeah. So well, it's too are... late for that. <laughs> <laughs> so so Nufraxia obviously important, we have Vorenklax back in the story in Coldheim. so uh, the basics of what Nufraxia is about so they win the war on, on Myrdan. Uh Mirrodin is no more the plane is called Nufraxia uh, there are five factions uh, original Nufraxia was basically mono-black uh, Nufraxia, because there are five suns the mana from those suns have influenced the five factions, so there's a white, blue, black, red, and green faction the white faction is the machine orthodoxy um, run by best girl Grand Cenobite Elishnorn. They are a, like, if you can have a religion with no spirituality that takes everything literally and physically, that's basically what this faction of Frexians is. Uh, they follow teachings called the Argent Etchings, uh, which are, like, their religious texts. Uh, one of their big concepts is the flesh singularity. So, like, all of Frexia says all will be one. That, that is something they all say. Uh, and they, they all, each, each faction kind of interprets that differently. Uh, the white faction, the, the color focused on community, takes it literally. They will literally suture organisms together. Um, they see that, uh, they, they view flesh like skin, like literal skin as uh, an, all flesh is bad, but skin is especially the worst because it is a barrier between our bodies. Uh, so they replace skin with this white porcelain-like metal, uh, building an army called the Porcelain Legions. And I don't remember what Apostles of Karn is.
0: The Apostles of Karn are obsessed with uh, creating, uh, the new, f- are uh, naming the new father of machines, and they believe Karn is that father of
3: machines. Right, right, right. Um, so
0: it's re- it's, this faction is very aligned with the religious aspect of the original Phyrexia, yeah. but taken out of black and into white. Yeah.
1: Uh then we have the Progress Engine. This is the blue faction run by Cataxius, big scientist man. He's uh the well he's not a man. I guess that he's 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 more machine than man. Um <laughs> wow. <laughs> um Darth Vader not one of the original 150 Pokémon so we're a little off theme here, but uh <laughs> the uh pro- <laughs> the Progress Engine is broken up into uh labs called Sectives. Uh, each one uh, basically its own uh, research group that is studying some different scientific principle or whatever. Uh, some are working on um, physical augmentations. Some of them are like uncovering the principles of metamagic. Uh, they're they're the different Frexian uh, laboratories. Uh, some some do vivisections and prepare raw materials uh, for other experiments. Uh, Jinkataxis, uh, and, and this faction believe in a principle called the great synthesis where, uh, every, every piece of Frexia um, is, is more knowledge and, and greater power that, uh, all will become synthetic. That, uh, there's, there's really good, um, uh, the card synthetic destiny. There's a really good flavor text quote from Jinkataxis that, uh, perfection, perfection is not a goal, but a process. Um, they, they are about iterating, um. And the, uh, I don't remember all the specifics of the Gitaxian standards of purity, which is a weird sentence to say, um, but they, they, they are, the Gitaxes are are very, I was about to say clean, but uh, they're clean by Frexian standards. Uh, there is, uh, they're, they are the ones, you know, blue is the color most uh, friendly with artifacts. They are the most focused on artifacts of how, how much machine can we put into our uh necro zombie cyborg yeah
0: it's 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 very much about the Getaxian standards of purity are like what is the right way to complete somebody that's yeah. c-o-m-p-l-p-l-e-a-t
1: it's like the uh, complete the, yeah completion is like yum in Frexian standard it's like you made it buddy um
0: so yeah they you get infected with the glistening oil or you're created as a newt in one of the Frexian flesh vats uh, and then you're infected with the oil, and then they augment you with artifice. Uh, and so the appropriate way to do all that is something Jin Gitaxias is very obsessed with.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's, it's all about process. Um, and then there are the seven steel thanes. Their uh, they're, they're praetor is currently Shieldred, uh, who um, trades in information. Uh, the whispering one, because she whispers secrets. Uh, but uh, Geth is one of the steel thanes. Uh, he survived! Yay! But then allied with Frexia Boo, And he has this big mechanical body now, so he's not just a head. He's he's a head stuck on a big robot body. Um, <laughs> there's also, uh, Azax Azog, Krainox, Roxith, Thrissic, Vran. uh, the Steel Thanes, you know, one of them is a vampire, one's a demon, uh, one sits in the shadows and really likes the oil. Like, uh, they're just, like, a bunch of different powerful weirdos all vying for power, and, um, you have Keskit and Scytherix in parentheses on this agenda. Uh, I don't they,
0: f- they both belong to the faction. Yeah, I... But they're not thanes.
1: I don't I know how the big dragon isn't a thane, but whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, it's not one of the, uh, the the iconic or characteristic types of black, so sure. can't be a steel thane. <laughs> um, the steel thanes
1: are, you know, as the Black-aligned faction, are the ones that are uh, closest to uh, yogma's original vision for Frexia. They they follow the Frexian scriptures most closely. Uh, I forget which thing. One of the thing uh, is all about, you know, the original liturgies and stuff that has persisted through the memory of the Glistening Oil. Um, and they kind of sit uh, in the um, in one of the layers uh, of new frexia which is filled with oil it's where like their main oil reserves are reserves processing plants i don't know how you would describe it um
0: it's it, it routes the glistening oil to wherever it needs to go on it's the like
1: planet. it's like oil sewers yeah exactly yeah um then there's the quiet furnace which is the red faction uh run by urobrask uh the hidden because he doesn't play well with others uh, by frexian standards uh the red Phraxians are really weird because red is the color driven by emotion and frexins are supposed to be emotionless, except these Frexines have emotions and they don't understand them very well. Uh, so they are prone, they are like really moody. Um, and, uh, you know, the surviving Mirren resistance, uh, settles in the furnace layer, uh, because sometimes red frexines are just like, yeah, okay, I don't care if you stay here. I don't actually care about killing you because I'm too busy doing my work. Uh, and empathy weird and new? And, um, or sometimes they will just slaughter you because they're angry. Um, but it's the best shot the mirrors have at surviving. Uh, and they believe in a thing called the great work. They, they, these are the workers. They melt metal down into slag. They forge new metal. They are the industrialists. They just want to do their jobs. They just want to be left alone and do what they want and, uh, stay out of everybody's way and, uh, stay out of our way. And then there's the Vicious Swarm, which is the green faction led by Boranclex, uh, Sexy Clexy, who is back in Magic Story. Uh, they believe in the grand evolution. Uh they are they take survival of the fittest to the most misunderstood levels of, hey, <laughs> we we don't need to manufacture new Frexians. We can grow like horrific we can engi- like we can engineer potential organisms that will grow and hunt and change themselves. Um, to, to be clear, it's still all the flesh metal hybrid stuff. Um, but it's like, you know, voren Kleks is only the Praetor because he's the biggest and meanest Frexian Uh, Glissa takes a lot of administrative duties, uh, as someone who actually like bothers to think a lot. Um, and, uh, cause she's become a Frexian now. She's a zombified elf and, uh, uh, itch to kick is also on here. We got him in uh, Commander Legends, and so they're
0: he is the personal splicer of Orlok. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're 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 all about like apex predators and uh pack hunting and might makes right. They are brutal and feral as it tends to be. Um, uh, and then we have Atraxa, who is an angel created by uh, the machine Orthodoxy, the Progress Engine, the Steel Thanes, and the vicious swarm. Uh, cause Urvas doesn't like playing along and, uh, she's the Praetor's voice and is basically just like a messenger angel that coordinates between all the Praetors. And we don't actually know if Brutaclad is a, a character who exists. Um, he is from Future Sight. Uh, so there is potentially a feature where Brutoclad Telcor Engineer, is a new Frexian. Um, we don't know if that's our future though. Um, and then, uh, that's, that covers kind of where we're at. Uh, New Phyrexia is actively looking for ways off the plane. Um, they are aware that other worlds exist, uh, obviously now, because Vorenklex has gone to one. Um, we, uh, so they've, they've clearly found some method of interplanar travel. We don't know what it is yet. Um, and we'll see, uh, what Frexia's plans are in the future.
0: So, one thing I should mention about New Phyrexia is they remember the glistening oil has like ancestral memories if you want to call them that of old phyrexia but they don't remember everything exactly right it's more like a vague idea they know there should be a father of machines but they don't know the name yagmoth and and things along those lines um it's it's been interesting they they have transformed the plane as we've seen in some of the new phyrexia plane cards from way back when uh, so I have a feeling we won't recognize Mirrodin the, the next time magic ventures there.
2: Uh, the father of machines was Belzenlock.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my mistake. Uh, and anyway, that was a pretty long episode. So I think we can move on to, does anyone have any objection moving on to final thoughts? No, none at all. Yes. Let us quickly
3: <laughs> give our <laughs> forgot to thoughts. talk about our dying.
0: Oh, oh, you can do that as your final thought. I'm going to cede oh, my time to Carrie for their final thought. <laughs>
3: I do not, it was in the Lost Confession, but, um, yeah, Urobrask did not die. That has never it's, died. Yeah. Uh, I think, I Bannon. I believe the exact wording was, like, had conquered their domains or something. Elishnorn had basically come into the Black and Red Territory and taken over a good deal of it, but people, in in the same way that Gideon killed Emrakul back in <laughs> Zendikar 1.0, um, Urobrask is dead. And not really dead. So uh, I guess don't plan on him being dead the next (laughs) time we go to New Phyrexia.
1: My final thought is, um, if you are a fan of magic art, you might know Jen Ravenna Tran, who's done uh, uh, a bunch of pieces over the last couple of years. Uh, She's off doing filmmaking stuff. Um, Her her first uh, kickstarted short, uh, and then um, just... Uh, released to the backers uh uh, i i am one of them and and watched and it's it's the sweetest little lesbian love movie where uh gays actually get to be happy and has a, a lot of really good genuine moods in it um whenever it's it's doing a film festival circuit stuff right now um but whenever it gets released to the public, I highly encourage you all to uh go see it. Jen is great. the film is wonderful um proud of proud of you, Jen, for getting that and uh her next Kickstarter movie is gonna be up soon. it's called uh death's diner uh basically uh death runs a diner where you get served your last meal and uh she's filming it in the diner that uh is used in Twin Peaks, so that's cool and uh go find that kickstarter and support jen because she's wonderful
0: my final thought is wandavision can't wait for the season finale which should have been released by the time you guys are hearing this but don't spoil it for us future people yeah i'm probably gonna wake up early tomorrow so i can just watch it all before i go to work before looking at twitter or anything so i gotta tell you that was great and or terrible finale My,
2: my final thought is just, uh, did you know that as an adult, uh, if you have money and a form of payment that you can register on the internet, you can purchase and no one will stop you. No, there is no law stopping you from doing this. You don't even have to, like, fill out a release form or show any ID. Um, you can have this delivered to your home. It is a uh, four pound tub of gummy worms. <laughs> and you, too, can own a four-pound tub of gummy worms. I currently have what is probably close to a two-pound tub of gummy worms in my room. Uh, it has been an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, it's just something that's been on my mind a lot lately. So uh, it's not illegal. You can just do it. No no cop will stop you. Uh, yeah, that's my final thought.
1: Uh, I don't need gummy worms because today I went and bought two bags of Starburst jelly beans. So, well, they're great. Um, if you also love candy and want more candy buying tips, you can head over to patreon.com slash thevorthoscaf uh, and support our podcast today. Why are you all laughing? This is a good segue. Uh, we haven't, no, we
2: haven't it, it, told anyone about the tier, the the new Patreon tier where we send you candy buying tips.
1: No, there is that is not a tier. Everyone who supports us on uh, Patreon gets access to our Discord community where you just get the candy buying tips for free. And uh, we have a wonderful community of Orthoses from around the world. And, uh, you know, we've been having a great time with Time Shadow Remastered Previews. And, you know, we're, we're only three weeks away from uh, the start of Strixhaven Preview Season. So I'm very excited for that. So uh, if, if you want a community of Orthoses who are going to be just as excited as you are, uh, head over to Patreon and you can uh, become part of that. And uh, get to hang out with us for the entire Strixhaven preview season. It's going to be off the wall fun. I promise. Like I can't, I can't reassure you enough that Strixhaven is so much fun. But we'll talk to we'll we'll talk all about uh, Strixhaven in the future. Uh, yeah.
0: Thank you all for listening. This has been episode one hundred and fifty of the Vorthos Cast.